Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. All right, uh, everybody having fun reading Leviticus? Yeah. <laughs> woo, woo. So as we're reading through the Bible, so we've been reading through the Bible, and if you don't have one of those, I think we still have some out front um, that you can read along with us, and there's actually a plan so you can know like where we are and kind of be able to follow along. But we've been reading, and now this is Leviticus, and you're getting into like Levitical code and all this stuff, and, and uh, some people love it, obviously, around the room, um, but it's, it's kind of repetitive, and it gets into a lot of details. Anybody getting into those details and like fall asleep mid-chapter? Say Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's challenging for some, right? Over and over and over and over again. All these rules and all of these things. But there's, there's part of this that really stands out for me. And so I'm going to spend some time, believe it or not, preaching on Leviticus. You're welcome. <laughs> all right, we're going to read Leviticus 20, 22 through 26. So if you're following along, Leviticus chapter 20. And uh, I'm going to go a little bit verse by verse here, okay, Ashley, so you, got, you won't be surprised. Verse 22 says... <laughs> Keep all, I want to read this out loud together. Just verse 22. You ready? Set, go. Keep all my decrees and laws and follow them, so that the land where I am bringing you to live may not you out. How about that? Visual. Isn't that fantastic? And lo and behold, the Lord saw it fit to have one of my children catch the stomach bug this week <laughs> while I was getting ready to set this whole thing up. Poor little fella. Enough said. Keep all these decrees, all of these laws. This is the order of the Lord so that the land where we're going isn't liable to just shove you out of it in a forceful, disgusting matter. Can we move on? Everyone say yes. yes. Verse 23. You must not live according to the customs of the nations I am going to drive out before you. This is really important. Because they did all these things, I abhorred them. See, God is calling God's people to be different, to be different than what's been there before. And this is really on purpose. Here's what that means. Verse 24, but I said, I said to you, you will possess their land. I will give it to you as an inheritance, a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord, your God, who has set you apart from the nations. Say that, set you apart from the nations. Just a reiteration of God's promise. God is setting forth to make sure that we know exactly what God said. God's reminding the people, as God has to over and over again, because we forget all the time, right? Remember last week, we made a calf. Everybody remember? We made a golden calf. We were like, well, Moses has been gone for a long time. Eh, forget it. We'll just go make a calf, figure out our own thing. However, God reiterates this promise to help them understand not just their identity, but who it is that's taking them to this place. Everybody say, got it? important for what God is going to tell the people to do. They need to know why. Because I'm the God that put you here. I'm the God that's walking with you. Verse 25. You must therefore make a distinction between clean and unclean animals and between clean and unclean birds. Do not defile yourselves by any animal or bird or anything that moves along the ground. Those that I have set apart as unclean for you. Cool, because I don't like eating snakes anyway. Awesome. Or snails for that example. Anybody escargot fan here? Cool. Well, you couldn't have been back in the day because it was not allowed. Like, this is a really weird thing for me. As I'm reading this, I'm thinking, gosh, that seems kind of, um, you know, almost like, 
Like, you know, we say all are welcome in the church, but apparently all aren't welcome at the zoo. There are some that are unclean, the things that you can and can't eat. But remember, it's not so much about the what, it's more about the why. Verse 26. You are to be holy to me, because I, the Lord, am holy, and I have set you apart from the nations to be my own. See, this is where it all comes together, to be set apart. Mm, so beautiful, to be set apart, right? Like, like a trophy on a shelf that you don't want anything to get on because it reminds you of this wonderful thing, right? That's probably what God is doing, right? Everybody say no. No. I don't think that's exactly what God means. We're called to be set apart. Called to be set apart for what? Voila, sermon time. Everybody ready? Come on now. There's like 10 of us in here, so y'all gonna have to be loud and talk back to me. I think everybody went to the Panthers game. We're gonna score them next week like this. Everybody get it ready. I'm gonna see it. this right here. Say, I'm glad you remember where the church was. This week was my birthday. Everybody say, happy birthday. I turned the ripe old age of older, and I have a first world problem. I decided that somewhere along the way, I really wanted to have a smartwatch. This is important to me to have a smartwatch because I like to know what's going on, and I like to be able to have an extra alert because oftentimes I'm moving, right? As you can imagine, I don't stop moving a whole lot. And so if my phone is in my pocket and it's on vibrate because who, who leaves their phone uh, like on w with sound anymore in public. Do you remember like back in the day when you had like a song that was like your ringtone and it would go off and you were like, I got a cell phone and you don't have one. Do you remember that time? And now when people's phones go off, you're like, seriously? Do you, we're in a restaurant, okay? Can you turn that off? Or even better is the people that do speakerphone in the restaurant, you know what I'm talking about? No, no, I can't hear you. You know who I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I wanted a smartwatch. I don't know why I got on a roll on that one. But I wanted a smartwatch. I grew up back in a time, back in a day, where they had this, uh, uh, this show called Get Smart. Remember that? And he had, the, he had the, the, I think it was like a phone and a shoe, right? His watch did all this cool stuff. I was like, man, that is the future. And guess what? It is the future. Get Smart, back smart. It was so cool. So I bought a cheaper one about a year ago. And as a matter of fact, uh, I, uh, I, I bought a cheaper one thinking that everything would just work kind of as normal, right? I mean, all I needed to do is to tell me when somebody's calling or when I get a text. No big deal, because I have a little smartwatch. I didn't have to spend much money on it. It would connect to my phone. Everything would be really great. But all of a sudden, I realized that it actually didn't do any of the notifications that it was supposed to do. So, like, I'm missing calls. I, like, pull out my phone. It's like I got a voicemail. How'd I get a voicemail? Nothing happened on my wrist to tell me that my phone was ringing. I was missing text occasionally. It just stopped sending me any notifications of any kind whatsoever. And I had to go back in my phone and say, please tell me when I have a text message, phone, tell the watch, watch, tell the Macs. And then they would just stop communicating, no more notifications. And all of a sudden, I was missing everything. And then, on top of it, when it did work, I had to, like, shake it to get it to turn on. Like, so I looked like a moron walking around shaking my wrist to get the thing to turn on. I couldn't see it. I couldn't get it bright enough to actually see. So then when I finally turned up the brightness to all the way up, you know, you'd like poke it all the way up, I got it all the way up, and my watch lasted a grand total of 1.5 hours before it needed to be recharged. 
first world problems. Also, don't even think about getting that thing wet. I went off a rock slide. I went down the rock slide. I was keeping time. I was like, it's a really beautiful day. And I came out of the rock slide, and my watch turned a bunch of different colors and then started shouting at me. And then it shook its finger at me and showed a skull and crossbones and died right there at the rock slide. 75 bucks later, I didn't. Try it all over again. I was going crazy. I was like, man, I know this is a first world problem, but I kind of want to have a smartwatch that works. So I went to my wife and I said, she said, what do you want for your birthday? I was like, well, I kind of like, like a smartwatch because I like being in touch, you know? I like having everything work right. I like to be able to know what's going on, right? I like being mindful of what time it is, like how long is this sermon going to last, pastor? And also, I like to wash my hands without taking off my watch. So for my birthday... My wife and my children got me a smartwatch. Super cool, very sporty. Everybody say, ooh, ah. <laughs> I'll never do that again. Here's the thing. It works. It works. I never miss a text. I can always see who's calling. It immediately starts to notify me that my phone is ringing. It starts vibrating. It starts telling me. It even shows me a picture of the person who's calling me. It's fantastic. I get every single app notification. All of a sudden now, I know what's going on in the world. I know when all the sales are happening in Guitar Center. You're welcome. I know everything that's happening in the world. I can take it swimming. I can even wear it in the shower. I can even control what's going on in my music within my shower. I can even wear the thing for several days now without taking it off. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I love it. But here's the thing. It works. So I'm constantly distracted by my text messages, Aaron Kiefer. <laughs> I never miss a call, no matter what the hour is, in the middle of the night. It never comes off my wrist. And every app that I have ever downloaded in the history of my phone now thinks that I want to know everything that's going on all the time. And so now I get 45 different app notifications per hour. The thing is constantly going off, vibrating my wrist right now, even when I'm in the shower, all the time, even when I'm trying to sleep, thing vibrating my wrist. Now I don't miss anything. It's amazing, absolutely amazing how much time this watch gets from me. It's like a person in real life. Oh, it thinks I'm working out now. <laughs> it's like a person that's got me by the wrist. It's like pulling me around, telling me, hey, Matt, so-and-so needs to talk to you. They need to talk to you right now. You need to pick out your phone and have some time. And everything else you were doing has to come to a standstill because so-and-so wants to know what time we are going to eat dinner. i got to know all this stuff. And then it's on my wrist. Trying, I'm trying to sleep. i got to wake up, Matt, because you got an email from Etsy. Oh, oh, Matt, you got you to gotta hurry, you got to run quick. Stop at this stoplight, check your phone, because there's a restaurant you need to try. It's brand new, and they have tacos for $4.99 each. He's like, information pieces I do not need to know. Additionally, whoever keeps texting me can stop it. Oh, it's my dad. My, my son Gabe, he says, I love you, Dad. He's, he's worshiping online. Everybody say, good morning, Gabe. <sighs> Children. Don't forget about your meeting in an hour. Try this new thing on Pinterest. Somebody else is starting a whole story on Instagram and Reddit's got all the latest news for you. Want to let you know, Matt, everything's going wrong in the world. All the news from all the sources right here, right now. And you guys, click me, click me, look at me, look at me, look at me. All this time spent. And immediately, I'm exhausted from this watch. 
and all the things that it's trying to tell me about my time. There's not enough of me for any of that. There's not enough of me to spend that much time and that much energy paying attention to all of those different things. If you're with me on this, say yeah. All these things keep us distracted and unfocused on what truly matters. Now, I'm not saying that you should go dark, right? I'm not saying that you just completely jump off the grid. And if you do, man, that's, that's you. That's fantastic. But I think maybe we need to try another way. Before I tell you what I'm going to tell you, though, let me give you a little disclaimer, okay? I'm not, like, technologically uh, 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 poor in my head. I know that you can mute your phone, okay? Everybody say, yeah. I know you can turn off certain app notifications by going in and Danny's looking at me because he's like, Matt, I showed you how to do that four times. I'm like, no, Danny, leave me alone. It's helpful for my sermon. <laughs> I know you could do that. I know you can actually ignore it. I know you could just forget that it's vibrating. But well, what happens when my son texts me and says he loves me in the middle of my sermon? I want to know that, don't you? <sighs> so what I'm driving at is ultimately how these different things that are constantly trying to get our attention take up our time, our focus. We're so limited in time. I talk to couple after couple after person after person that is constantly telling me, Pastor, I don't have enough time. I want to read scripture more, but I don't have the time. I want to spend more time in prayer, but I just don't have the time. I want to be able to be more focused on what God's doing in my life, but I just don't have, say it, the so I'm going to make three assertions that you may not like. Everybody ready? Shake it off. Say, I'm ready. Yeah. Reading scripture, we started out with 1 Peter. We heard that, right? French was reading us that scripture. We talked about what it means, be made holy, because I'm holy, be made holy. And then said in Leviticus, I've set you apart on purpose. God set us apart on purpose for one purpose. It is to worship. God set us apart because God wanted to hear these voices. This holy nation wanted to hear what we had to say back to God. We were set apart to worship. That's one. Everybody say that's one. one. Number two, brothers and sisters, the entirety of your life, the entirety of your breath, the entirety of the heartbeats that you have were created to worship God. Everybody say that's number two. Number three, how you interact with everyone and everything is worship. Your time is worship. Every moment you have, every breath you have is given to you for worship. That's why we were set apart. So often we start wondering about all the what and all the different things that the Lord is saying to the people in Leviticus. Well, why this and what that and all the other things that we got to do. But the point is not so much the what, it's the why. We were set apart for worship. In our lives, God spends a lot of time tapping on our wrist or knocking on our door or tapping on our shoulder saying, I miss you. I just want more of you. I want to talk to you. I want to know what's going on. I want to know when you're frustrated. I want to know when you've given up. I want to know when you've got nothing left to give. I'm going to be there because I'm miss you and I want you. That's what God's trying to say once our attention. So I had an idea. What if maybe every time we got a notification on our watch or on our phone or on our computers, what if we just stop right then and said, hey God, what's happening? 
Could you imagine how crazy people would think we were? <laughs> I would have said it 10 times in this sermon. Oh, there it is again. Hey, God, what's happening? How's it going? I'm ready to spend some time with you, too. What would life be like? People would think we were crazy, standing in line at a Starbucks. I would like a, sorry about this. Hey, God, how's it going? <laughs> oh, yes, also, uh, venti, what's the one, what's the medium? I can never, I never remember. I want a chai, latte, pumpkin, spice, caramel. Oh, yeah, there's again. Oh, hey, God, I love you. I mean, like, could you imagine if we did that? We'd have to stop this sermon. Well, there it is again. I'd have to stop the sermon again, stop and say, see, we'd probably go a little nuts. First of all, that's just annoying. That doesn't make any sense. And I don't really think that's ultimately what God is after. All of those notifications already draw us away to something else. All of those things that when we get those notifications are drawing us away from our present to something else. And that's the way the world works all of a sudden. And for some reason, we as the people of God have gotten to be okay with that. And as a matter of fact, there are often times where I have to get my family and say, hey, put the cell phones on the other side of the room while we eat dinner together. Don't look at your phone while you're doing this. This is not helpful for our family. We want to be focused in on one another. Any of you ever have a friend that you'll be talking to and legitimately having a conversation with? And they will, right in the middle of a sentence, they'll be like, oh, man, I've been wanting to... Hold on. <laughs> oh, no. What were we talking about again? Anybody, anybody been in that situation? Say, yeah. It's crazy. You're an adult. Can you focus for, like, just a half a second? See, now nobody's laughing because all y'all are like, oh, that's actually me a little bit. <laughs> So I'm thinking there's a better idea. Absolutely, absolutely. Sunday is about a worship experience. It's about a gathering. It's about coming together. Worship is most certainly and absolutely about worship on Sunday. That's good. I got it. But what if worship, if we're ultimately set apart for worship, what if it's not just about the Sunday experience? What if worship really is truly, like I said a minute ago, about every single breath you've got? Your entire life is worship. Everything and everyone that you interact with. What if we thought about and understood that ultimately, since God set us apart, that ultimately what that means and all the reasons that there's a thousand things in Leviticus is because God was trying to get God's people's attention and say, look, I want you to think about me every time and y'all are super hungry all the time so every time you eat I want you to think about me I want you to think about the fact that I brought you out every time you get dressed I want you to think about me every time you make a teeny little decision about what you're gonna do every single day every single step I want you to think about me because I set you apart to have a relationship with me not all those other things that are gonna take you away because they can't provide for you anything that I can I am everything for you I always have been I currently am and I will be forever that's good news brothers and sisters so what did it what would it mean to worship God all the time what would it be like to to take off your smart wash to to put down your phone to to close the laptop and just rest in the arms of the Lord what if worship truly at its core is just taking time to be still and know that I am God. I feel like I read that somewhere before. Just to be in awe of the Lord.
laying down the burdens, laying down all of those things that we can't solve, all of the things that we just can't seem to get to heal, thankful for our lives and waiting on the voice of God. I want you to take a second and talk amongst yourselves. Um, here's the question. What does a life of worship mean for you? Not just like, oh, it would be so great, but I don't have the time, it would be really cool, but like, what would it mean for you? Like, what would have to change? Or what would you see in your life? Ready, set, go. Find some people you don't know. The way our lights are set up today, I can't see you as well when I'm standing here in the circle. So uh, raise your hand uh, real tall, and uh, Ashley's going to come around. I want to hear some of the answers. I heard some incredible stuff uh, just in the group that we were in. Um, maybe, Aaron, would you, would you start us out uh, one of the answers? What, is, what does a life of worship uh, mean for you? A life of worship means for me to live in a way that not only glorifies God, but as well glorifies the church, because our actions reflect onto others who may not know who God is and what God can do. So every time we do something that can just spew hate onto others, that disrupts others' views of Christianity and can hurt what they see of who God is. Excellent. Fantastic. Yeah, we can amen that one. Others. Raise hands. Let's hear some other things from the congregation. Don't make me call on you, church. Come on now. All right, right over here. <laughs> Just like the teacher in class. Don't make me call on you. I'll call on you. I find that I need to make a conscious commitment to set my thoughts, putting aside whatever else is distracting me and enjoying the beauty of uh, God's creation and just letting him speak to me through peace in my spirit. Amen. Amen. Right here, Ashley. Grab that mic, Conrad, so they can hear you online. It's to get up each day an inspiration and encouragement to each and every one we come in contact with. Sometimes being that inspirational person, it may hurt on the inside, but it's what the Lord has called us to do on a day to day. Amen. Thank you, Conrad. So there's somebody on this other side. Um, I would say just handling the day-to-day -day with a little more grace by turning to God first instead of freaking out. And my go-to is always to freak out and then, <laughs> and then seek God. So a reverse would be helpful, I think. Yeah. Right up here. You know I love to talk. Anyways, uh, my shirt <laughs> says Team Jesus on it. I got it at Walmart for $7. And I've already gotten multiple comments at the gas station in Harris Teeter. And one guy said, you're really brave wearing that shirt. And I'm like, you know, it's a good team to be on. Um, mm. It says Team Jesus 
on it, but to me, uh, faith, it's a process. It's a, it's a process. It's, just a, it's a daily thing. It's an ongoing thing. And um, a life of worship is definitely a process for me. Thanks, Mark. See, there's a beauty in this, you know? I think the danger for all of us is thinking that if we don't live our lives as worship, that somehow God won't love us or God won't bless us or God won't want to be a part of us. And we've got brothers and sisters, even in this city, um, and I hear these sermons a lot because I listen to a lot of the stuff that is going on in the town, in the city. Um, and there are folks that say, unless you can keep it together and keep God at the forefront, then God doesn't want anything to do with you. And God will let you struggle and let you hurt. God's love for us never fails. God's grace for us never fails. God's love to walk with us, even when we are just way off the beaten path, never fails. That's not how God works. Brothers and sisters, if you hear nothing else today, hear that no matter how hard you work, you won't be good enough. You won't keep God in front enough. And that, brothers and sisters, is the gospel because our God doesn't abandon you. You didn't put yourself on Team Jesus at the Walmart for $7. Jesus put you on the team when he went to the cross and came out of the grave. God called you in, set you apart, knowing that you weren't going to keep it all together because that's how much God loves us and will never, ever abandon us. Brothers and sisters, that's the good news. Turn somebody left and right and say, it's for you too. Now look at them again and say, all the time. Brothers and sisters, that's who our God is. Even when we forget to spend time with God, God still loves you. Even when you get so distracted and you're all in so many different directions, God still paying attention to you. Even when you run completely out of battery and you've got nothing left, God has enough energy and will never, ever abandon you. You've been set apart and there's nothing you can do, not one thing to mess that up. That's gospel grace. That's mercy. That's love. That's forgiveness. And and that, brothers and sisters, is why we then, in reaction to, because God is so good, we therefore look at our watches and we see that time and we realize that God gave us every single breath, not for us to just enjoy, but to worship God. So we reflect that love and grace so that all of those who will never ever darken the door of this church are going to get church and gospel because of you, of God reflected through you. Brothers and sisters, this isn't the church. You are the church and God gave you the time and every single breath to go out and tell that good news to every single person you come across by your worship. Amen? Amen. Amen. Pray with me if you would. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for meeting us in this place, for never abandoning us, for it doesn't matter, God. You never abandon us. You set us apart Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, 
We ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.